is the barbershop. Yo, welcome to the Barbershop Mentality Podcast. I'm your host as always, Old Damn Dell. And I got my man's Julius Rock, a.k.a. Mr. Crabs in the Flesh with me. Yo. <laughs> Yo. And also, we got a special guest, my man's Junior Smith III, a.k.a. Microwave, Microwave. What's going on, man? And today, we're going to be talking about the UNC versus Duke fiasco that happened the other day, man. All right, so who do you want to uh, who do you want to recap? I, I guess that's where the winners. I guess you know winners should recap. Um, realistically, I didn't think Duke was gonna win this game. You know, I didn't know how Duke was gonna win this game. Um, you know, you got Ingram playing the four. Emil Jefferson ain't played since Utah in December. You got, you know, Kennard sporadic. Matt Jones here and there. We don't go in the bench. So I, what I thought was, I thought Chapel Hill was going to come out and blow us off the court in the first half, and then Duke was going to scrap away to lose at the end. But I had a feeling if we just made the game close that we had a chance. But I realistically, the way, you know, the way Bryce Johnson was dominating the paint, I really didn't think we have a chance. But I was shocked. Yeah. Like, I was, I was texting you during the game what was going on and I was like, yo, there's no way Duke can win this game. UNC is just there's too many bodies. They too big and they just gonna wear them out. But boy was I wrong. <laughs> Junior I think what, we were all wrong. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I lo- I looked at the game. Well I didn't ma- I didn't start watching the game until maybe late in the first half because I was covering a, a high school game myself. However, there were two things that, that came to mind immediately. One, Carolina, they don't have the greatest perimeter shooters, so our strength is to go into the paint. And we have a player of the year candidate in Bryce Johnson, somebody who went for 29 and 18, I believe. You just pound the ball inside and let them go to work. Meanwhile, on defense, I thought that Carolina was going to go into more of a pressing mode and then also – offensively try to get into a, a fast break setting to, to tire out Duke because like Rome said, they don't Duke didn't have a bench. So I mean, you do everything that you can to speed up the pace, which is a which has been a staple of Carolina basketball for as long as I can remember, and just wear them down and blow them off the court in the end. But you wanna know so, something though in the first half, that's what they did. Like, you know, Paige and Britt and Jackson were just pushing the ball down court. As soon as Duke as soon as Duke scored, they inbounded, they had the ball halfway down court for anybody to get down. Bryce Johnson dunks. You know, and, and Roy kept doing it, kept doing it. But for some reason he just stopped doing it. And what what could and that's probably why Plumley got in foul trouble. Plumley was running back just trying to swap, but you know, trying to trying to get as much swats as he can. And, you know, you got Plumlee in foul trouble. You got Ingram in foul trouble. You got Thornton uh, get offensive foul. So, you had half of Duke's front starting players in foul trouble. And to go along with the fact that Matt Jones was down. Like, and nobody, post- nobody fouled out, did they? Uh, no, you know, Plumlee had five. Plumlee had yeah, five. What, yeah, what Plumlee had on? five, but, like, with ten no, minutes Plumlee left. Had four. Plumlee had four <laughs> fouls, like, ten minutes left. And um, they put Chase Jeter in for God knows what. And Capitol Hill went on like a, a seven-point run. 
Then Coach K said, "If this, I'm taking him, put plumbing, and I'm riding with it." So essentially, I thought all Bryce Johnson was going to do was go to work, get plumbing at the game, and this game was going to be over. But lo and behold, Roy Williams made this a game. I had, I had, I was totally confused as why Bryce Johnson only had two touches in the last ten minutes. I didn't understand that. There's no logic behind it. I think he wanted the Market Page show, man. I think Marcus Page wanted to go out, man. Go go out on top at home. That's just me. And you know what? That type of thinking is what screws up a lot of coaches. I mean, look back at um at the Super Super Bowl forty nine when Pete Carroll wanted Russell Wilson to be the hero, knowing that he had somebody in the backfield that could have easily ran that ball in. You're right. That's that's a great comparison right there. Is overthinking it. And, and and just cost them everything. Well, not really everything yet, but you know, as far as Seattle, yeah, it cost them everything. And you know, it was crazy. The crazy part about it was the the, the, the effective scorer like Justin Jackson. He wasn't getting the ball. It was Page and Barry and Bridge. That's what Super was jacking. You know, Marcus Page and Joe Barry. Um, Joe Barry were two for ten and two for twelve. Why the hell is this shooting the ball? Nate Britt is one for three. Bryce Johnson hey, is thirteen for seventeen. <laughs> Does it make any sense? That's just that's just basic math right there. And you know what? <laughs> I think that's the biggest problem. Like as far as being a Carolina fan, that's the biggest struggle. It's like I've been saying this for for years. Like Roy Williams is not a great coach. He's an he's a good coach. He's a phenomenal recruiter, but. When it comes to these late game situations, do you think he's a phenomenal recruiter? I don't think so. I, I I don't think he is. I feel like when he won when he won his two titles in '05 and '09, you look at the guys that he brought in: um, Raymond Phelps, Ty Lawson, Tyler Hansbrough. We, we got we we got to think about it. Like before Roy got there, the, uh, who was Doherty? Doherty gave him a Doherty gave him a Beamer. So here, take this BMW. What you gonna do with it, Roy? And now, Grant Roy has had two great teams. He had the Tyler Hansburg team, and he had that team with Harrison Barnes. But still, right. it's like I, I don't feel like I. You know, I always, I always, I used to tell I tell Odell this a lot. I said the day Duke gets the angry black man will be the day things change. And slowly, Duke Duke's recruiting changed when they got Kyrie Irving. You don't get nobody like Kyrie Irving, Duke. And then y'all got Harry Giles, too. Yeah, like, just look at it. You got Kyrie, you got Parker, you got Austin Rivers, even though it was a waste. You you, you get Winslow. You don't get these freaks at Duke like that. Now, you might get one, but you don't get three back to back to back. So I I, I think Roy's recruiting has slacked, even though he's getting seven wood next year and uh, Felton. But, you know, it's like. But you know what? Here's another thing. I think I think what also helped um Coach K's case was the fact that he started um coaching USA basketball. So I mean like mm-hmm. when you see him around Kobe Bryant and LeBron James and Kevin Durant, then in in a high school player's mind they're looking at it like, yo, this guy has intel on, on some of the biggest names in the NBA. Like I, I want to make it to that level. So maybe this coach is is really who can help me get there. So sometimes mm-hmm. you got to look at it like that. And I mean, I think the biggest thing now particularly with this one-and-done phenomenon, it's just like the schools really – the schools still have prestige, but not as much. It's more like, right. okay, what's the fastest way for me to get to the NBA? Because, I mean, 
you look at you look at Coach K, like Duke used to have guys that used to stay for three, four years. But then Kyrie Irving, he left after one season. You had um Austin Rivers, he left after one season. You had um Justice Winslow, he left after one season. Jaleel Okafor. So I mean, I think Coach K is really starting to adapt that um that one and done thing. And because of his name and because he works with USA basketball and the NBA, players are starting to gravitate a little bit toward him more. I, I, I agree. I agree. I think I, I really think I think Chapel Hill is a hot spot for talent, but you know, and I'm not trying to beat I'm saying because I'm a Duke fan, I think after a while the brand isn't the same as it was. Because you got to think about it, like, you know, if you think about it, the last person to go to NBA is Harrison Mars. Okay? That, 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 that's doing something, correct? Hit that, yeah. okay. Yeah. Marshall, eh, well, where's Marshall? But if the last person to really go somewhere from UNC is Harrison Barnes. That was, like, what, almost three, four years ago, correct? You know, like, after Harrison Barnes, you're supposed to have somebody after Harrison Barnes. You know, that's that just how I look at North Carolina brand. If you go to North Carolina, you look at the players they had, you're supposed to have, you're supposed to have a freak in there. And, and, it's every year, every other year. And, like, when you're thinking about, like, the recruitment process, like, they had Brandon Ingram in the bag, you know, in the perfect world. You yeah, know, basically. Jerry Stackhouse was his AAU coach. Like, <laughs> you know what it I mean? right there. <laughs> it's right <laughs> there. It's like, what the hell? You know, and then um, I, I guess they said because of the uh, all the, the NCAA allegations and everything, he chose to go to Duke. But like, and you know what? It, it's funny because like um, I I was talking to Ingram the whole time, like um, during the senior year at Kinston, because I mean, like I, I was there and I was also um doing some some side work for Carolina Insider, so I I can, I've been over to his house like. I've interviewed him a few times, like, face-to-face and also over the phone. And I asked him straight up about, you know, how he felt about the allegation. And I remember him telling me, he was like, look, I've had a conversation with Coach Williams, and, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like like they're going to be all right. That being said, if this stuff never came out, he would have committed his junior year. Like, that, that's, what every, that's what everybody had been telling me in Kansas. I believe it. I believe that. I, I can see. I, I I think he settled going to Duke. I don't think he regrets it, but I think he settled. Yeah, that, I believe that too. I think it was just like maybe maybe he got a little frightened. Maybe because K put a bug in his ear. Who knows? I mean, the recruiting process is crazy, and I mean, particularly when you know Kinston, it's a it's a city of twenty one thousand. Like you you've seen some big names go to the league, like um Jerry Stackhouse and um. Reggie Bullock out there with Detroit Pistons. And I think the chaos kind of got to him, too, because, I mean, you had Roy Williams coming to a game. You had Coach K that made it to a game. Uh, you had the coach from UCLA. I can't remember his name. Uh, Bill Self came out. John Calipari came out. Mark Godfrey from NC State came out. So, I mean, it's a wild environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. I mean, I believe it. I believe it. So, uh, let's move forward on – do you think Coach K should – I mean, do you think uh, Roy should have called a timeout? Can we cuss on here? Go for it. Hell, motherfucking yeah, that motherfucker should have called a timeout. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. <laughs> Look, it's basic, it's basic – like, a middle school coach would have been able to call a timeout. 
Midget, midget league, Pee Wee League coach would have called a timeout. I mean, you're down one with, what, like 17 seconds to play? And you got three I mean, of them. It's not like you got like one, okay, I'm trying to save this. Or or it's not the Chris Webber effect where you don't know if you got one or if you know if you do or whatever. It's you got three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are you saving those for? Rollovers? Like, you're not going to get eight timeouts in the next game. And That's I mean, funny, it's one of those things where the only way that I can say this is the festival is – you had a senior point guard in Paige. That's the only possible conceivable notion you could say to where, you know what, that's why he didn't call that timeout. But when he saw that team struggling, trying to figure out what they wanted to do with the ball, you stop it. You still got about 10, 11 seconds to make a great play. Again, you're only down one, so it's not like you need a perimeter shot anyway. And for them to throw up that garbage, I mean... Uh, honestly... I don't know why Grayson Allen jacked up the damn shot anyway to put us in that damn position personally. I mean, you know, I, Grayson Allen, I mean, Grant Kennard hit finally hit, you know, the three we needed. But Grayson Allen just went and just jacked the ball. Like, dribble, 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 dribble. Watch the clock. Watch the clock. You try to get a foul, Grayson. No, Grayson's just going to jack this shot up like he's like he Jordan, Utah, in 98. Breaks it. Gives Chapel Hill the ball. And I thought on everything of my life, Marcus Page was going to hit that shot. <sighs> but what's wrong know, with Marcus Page, what, man? I don't know. He might have caught a dose of Sierra Thrax or something. I mean, <laughs> I, really, I really have no clue what, what's up with, with Marcus. It's like maybe he's overthinking it. Maybe it was the pressure of, you know, if I if I left school last year, I would have been a lottery pick. I don't know what's what's going on in his mind, but it it's depressing right now because you're going from a lottery pick to probably like on the outside looking in on the second round. What is he like? What is he? McAdoo part two? What's that? What is he? McAdoo part oh, yeah. two? You know what? Yeah, we'll we'll go with that because McAdoo. He had that great freshman year and a relatively solid sophomore year, but then that junior year, he he just fell completely off the map. At least with Paige, you felt like, okay, he's had slumps before, but, you know, once he breaks out of it, game over. But the problem is, like, as far as his draft stock, unless he has a big, unless he has a big rest of the season, including the playoffs and, of course, the big dance, his draft, his draft stock is shot because, it's not like he's got the length or or that deadly shooting ability that people want to see in the next level. Plus, he, he's only, what, like 6'1"? Yeah. Like, unless you're Chris it, it Paul. Yeah, unless you're Chris Paul. Like, there there aren't too many short guards out there. Are you right? I mean, I even, Curry, even Curry, he's 6'3", but, I mean, he's got unlimited range. Uh, Kyrie, he's what, like six two, six three, but I mean the way the way he handles the ball, it, he handles it like a magician. I mean, like Paige really doesn't doesn't have a whole lot of intangibles that he that he's showing right now. And if he's getting worked right now in college, you can only imagine what it's gonna be like in the pros. He's going to D league. He's going to the D league. Yeah, he's definitely D league material. 
So uh, moving forward, you know, uh, I know man, my man don't got much time. Where do you see UNC going, to, you know, from here on out? You know, that's crushing loss. You got Miami today to take first place. Where do you, where do you see UNC going? And then I'll ask to where we see Duke going. Um, I think we lost juniors, but uh, I think I think UNC would definitely be you know number one ACC. So I'm not really worried about them on that part. But uh, but you got Miami today, man. Yeah, man. I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be all right today because they're gonna make adjustments to what happened the other day. I, I think that was a fluke. Roy Williams, he's you know he made some dumbest decisions, but I think he'll be all right. Now, now Miami, Miami got uh, shooters, they got post players, and they got a good guard. Like Miami's not going to be one of them teams you just, you know, you kind of run like this. This is going to mm-hmm. be a team North Carolina has to be. They got Miami. What? Right, honestly, Miami's coming in. They got Miami right within you. They yeah. should. North Carolina should win today. Yeah, but I, Miami is going to come for blood. Yeah, Junius, um, what do you think about the North Carolina Miami game today? <laughs> to be honest, man, I, I really, I really have no clue because it's just one of those things where you look and you're hoping for a bounce back game, but you just. At this point in time, like my, my confidence has really been shaken because Carolina's just been in a slump. I mean, I thought that they broke out of it with, with Pittsburgh, but, you know, the team that we saw against Boston College and the one that lost to Louisville and, and Notre Dame, that's the one that's rearing its ugly head right now. So so, and, so what do you see on long term? Like, at, uh, you know, going forth, you got, you got Miami, you got Duke again, you got NC State, you got UVA, you got ACC Tournament. Right, where do you see them going forward? I think they get a. Re- I think they get their revenge against Duke. Okay, I, I can believe it. I think that'll happen. Against you can't lose Virginia, five in a row. You can't lose five in a row. Yeah, you really can't. I think they get past NC State. Virginia's going to be a battle. Miami. Every, to be honest, like. I gotta, I gotta see what they do against Miami. If they, if they win my against Miami and do it convincingly, and besides, they're gonna be at home. So I mean, like, they, they've had their struggles on the road. I think they'll be all right. But right now, could I, could I sit back and say they're a title contender? After what I saw Wednesday, as much as it pains me to say this, I'm gonna have to say no. What about one seed. One seed. Uh, they got they got to win the ACC tournament for that. Okay. Um, as far as Duke, I, I, I give my thoughts on my own on North Carolina. If North Carolina's going to do one or the other, all right, they're going to beat NC State. They're going to beat Syracuse, right? Yeah. I, I can I can believe they can beat Duke again. I think I, that's the last game of the season. You know, if Coach K is not in striking, this is a win in the ACC. I can see Coach Kel K. Well, you know, we got the tournament, but it's gonna be hard. You know, it's that fifth in a row, Cameron and Dorian. Like, it's gonna be hard. Now, if my if do if UNC beats Miami, I can see them losing to UVA. 
if UNC beats, I mean, lose to Miami, I can see them beating UVA. I think they're going to drop one of them games. But still kind of still potentially win the division. They're going to, they're going to lose one or the other. That's just me. I, I can see that. I mean, like, Carolina can be so inconsistent at times. It's like one one day they're, they're the cream of the crop, and the next thing you know, they're the cream of the crap. It's just like you just don't know what to expect at this point in time. I understand. I think uh, Duke, if you want me to be honest, all right. So we're, we're, we're beating Louisville right now, right? And, and Duke, we have to stay on top of um, Louisville in this game. You know, I don't think Louisville has nothing to play for. Now, going forward, we got you know we just got the woodshed. We got Florida State in five days. I, we could beat Florida State. We got Pitt, Pitt at home. That could be tricky. Wake Forest at Cameron. I I don't I don't have major concerns. You know that UNC game. I could see us losing, but long term. I don't see Duke giving a crap about the ACC tournament. I don't think Coach K cares anything about the ACC tournament. I think Coach you know K what? is looking ahead to the big dance. Yeah, because, I mean, I think right now for Duke, the main concern is, is getting healthy and, and having additional bodies. Because I think you said it earlier, like, y'all y'all are playing with, what, like maybe five, six, seven people at the most? Yeah. So I mean, the bench the bench isn't as deep. So uh, I think um, I think Duke honestly, honestly, I think Duke is going to go. Now I, I, I earlier about three weeks ago I said second round. I had faith that we were going to go get to at least the second round. Right now the way we're playing, I don't like those back to backs. You know, especially with five plays. I don't want to do those back to back to backs. Kind of, kind of hurt us. So, depending on who's in Duke's bracket, I got Duke going to the Sweet 16 and then going down. But that's not bad. You know, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, with the, with the ACC tournament, like, if Coach K really doesn't give a crap about it, then, you know, that'll give them time to kind of, like, rest rest their players for a little bit. And then an NCAA tournament, I mean, you're only playing two games a week. So, that, yeah, that's true. Right. Rest is going to be essential. And you know what? Those media timeouts do a lot of help. Yes. You're right. Never, under- <laughs> never, never understood them, but hey, whatever. I think uh, I think that, that's really just going to come down to it. Uh, overall, I can see Carolina. Uh, it's all the pistols in Carolina bracket. Because I think Carolina may be a little swoops. I think Carolina sleepwalking. Call me crazy. I really think Carolina sleepwalking. I think Carolina, like Carolina has shown you they can beat, they can beat good teams. I think Carolina is just, I, I just hit, they think it's a little wall right now. Um, You know, I, I don't think they have that guy, you know, at guard. I really don't think they have a guy at guard at guard. But I could see Carolina going to the, I could, Carolina could go to the Final Four if they wake up. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, but but they can't play a team like Kansas. They can't play a team like OU. They cannot run into those teams. They can, like, shoot. You know, got perimeter players that can shoot. They can't run it out. You know what? Something tells me, like, Kansas, 
I think I think we could beat Kansas. Oklahoma okay. right now, no. I mean, like, Buddy Hill might mess around and go for 40. Okay. But, but I think the key to beating Chapel Hill is, is do you hit your threes? If you can hit threes and you got to make – you know, I said if you got a four, I can make Bryce Johnson stretch out there a little bit, and you know that bigs don't really play that; they play up and down the bigs. And if you if you could just shoot a little bit, and you know, I think that's how you beat Carolina. That's just me. I mean, uh, that's definitely no secret. I mean, perimeter perimeter shooter has been perimeter excuse me perimeter defense has been our our issue for for decades. So. Any team that, that winds up getting hot, it's, it's going to be an issue. And if somebody's got a defender that can actually, you know, bang with Bryce Johnson and Kennedy Meeks, that could be our biggest problem. Mm-hmm. So I believe. It's one of those, we'll just have to see. That's all I can say. Well, you know what I'm saying? We appreciate you, Michael Wade, man. You coming here blessing the peasants, man. And I'm I'm thankful for being on this show. Thanks for the opportunity. Not a problem, man. Most definitely, bro. I we really appreciate you too, yo man. Um, so any any uh, closing thoughts from both of y'all? We'll have to pick this up again on March fifth. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah, March fifth. That that'll really give us a great um great insight as to where Carolina is, where Duke is, and you know. Maybe maybe my confidence will improve on on this Tar Heel team right now, but after after what happened Wednesday, after losing the the five people, five players basically, the heart's just not there at the moment. All right, man. Yeah, man. All right, then. Uh, I appreciate both of y'all fellas and everybody that's listening. Uh, make sure y'all go to the Facebook group. Is go to Facebook and search Barbershop Mentality. All right. Barbershop mentality. Barbershop is one word for you guys who can't spell. Um, <laughs> and also, website coming soon, barbershopmentality.com. And you can also check out these podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud. All right. Make sure you subscribe to both. All right. Again, you know, hanging out for uh, thanks again to my boy Julius Rock and my man is Microwave for coming through. I appreciate both of y'all. And we'll tune in again next time. Peace out.